This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. Thank you so much for being here and coming to check out the show and being part of our True Form Life community. I always appreciate that. Uh, now today I have another guest coming on. This is going to be Nicole Fagoni, and she's a Kundalini yoga instructor. Now I don't I haven't taken yoga too often, but I've been enjoying her classes. I've been to them a number of times, and I don't really understand Kundalini or know the history of it or the background or what it's supposed to do. So I thought I'd bring on an expert. I'd bring on a yoga instructor. I'd bring on Nicole and ask her to come on and share some information about the show. So that's what Nicole's going to talk about. She come on and talk about some of the benefits. She has some three stress-reducing exercises for you. She's also going to talk about meditation and give you some tips on how to start meditating if you're not. So sit right there and enjoy. It's all coming up right now. All right, so let's jump into the show. Nicole, thank you so much. Listeners, we have Nicole Fagoni with us online right now. So, Nicole, we're going we're gonna to share some details shortly, but I just want to welcome you to the show and thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, an honor. <laughs> so, Nicole, I've actually been coming to some of your yoga classes and I really, I very much enjoy them and I haven't done any kind of kundalini before, so... I just want to thank you for offering such a cool class. I, you know, it's just so much value I find, and especially from being, uh, I would call myself a beginner. I haven't done them before, so yeah. <laughs> I suppose you don't get any more beginnerish. <laughs> but um, I, I love your class. Is do you do? Is your class much different than other Kundalini classes? Are they all quite similar? I'd imagine they're they're different. Well, the thing about Kundalini is um, it's different than maybe like Hatha yoga or Vinyasa yoga where the teachers tend to kind of make up their own flow for the class um, in the way that, you know, they they choose which posture they're going to go from um, one to the next, right? So um, that's kind of up to the teacher. But Kundalini yoga, one of the oldest forms of yoga – we do kriyas that are that have been put together by ancient yogis, um, and they're intended for to achieve a different a different result or um, you know a goal. So you know one kriya will work on the kidneys, and one will work on you know um, the brain, uh, the pituitary gland, something like that. And there's like ten thousand kriyas, so. You know, Kundalini yoga and meditation, um, the way it's taught, most teachers are supposed to follow um, a consecutive uh, amount of, of exercises and um, breathing techniques. But beyond that, um, it's really up to the teacher as far as the, the flow and kind of the... Um, the feel of the class and I I'm a musician as well so I like to really incorporate music into my classes I use a lot of mantra which is um you know just repetitive words that that you use that have a special impact on the brain and um, the body so in that way I mean I've seen 
tons of different teachers and some are really strict and they don't really talk and they just kind of go from one um, exercise to the next. Others talk a lot um, more in the beginning. Um, so, you know, it does definitely does vary from teacher to teacher. So I'm really happy you enjoy my classes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're they really are. And I want to get into more of that here in the show and give our listeners a chance to understand more about Kundalini because I really didn't know much about it. And again, that's why I wanted you on the show to talk about it and to share some health benefits, which I wanted to get into a little bit more as well. But I want to, you know, the music was, you know, the the mu- I think the music was one of the I don't know, tipping points of <laughs> why I enjoyed the class so much. And yeah. I didn't know, well, I only look, looked briefly on your website of some music background, but the music seemed to go along so well with what you were doing. And I guessed, I said, I just thought I said, she must have some kind of music background. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us what that looks like, how you got into Kundalini and I guess how you got started in all this? Well, um, you know, I started practicing yoga in college off and on. And I, I enjoyed it, but I also really enjoyed Pilates and, and other things. I wasn't totally into the spiritual aspect or maybe just, I hadn't really connected with yoga on that level at that time. So, you know, I take a class here or there of Hatha or Vinyasa and I still do. I enjoy taking different styles, but, um, I took a Kundalini class you know, I think it was in 2007 and it just bowled me over. It was, um, there was so much energy that was created. I felt really amazing. And there was all this vibration through chanting and the music and, um, just, uh, the repetitive movements of the postures, um, joined with the music just seemed so special to me. And so, of course, you know, I've been singing since I was a child. I went to um, Berkeley College of Music, and I've always had music in my life. And um, so just having that element in the class, it, it just worked for me. And it, it also keeps your mind focused. Um, you know, the music, I think, is really important because... Um, it keeps you in it. And if the music is really well put together and thought out um, to go with the postures and the flow of the class, then the student has an easier time um, getting through them. And you just have that extra element, that extra layer there that really takes you somewhere else. And I think, you know, it yoga is really important for bringing you to the present moment and music always helps you um, stay in the present moment. It kind of takes your brain out of the chatter for a while. So you have that, you have the breath, you have the mantra and you have music um, all together. It just really keeps you in the here and now. And that's what helps to, um, you know, clear the mind and clear the subconscious mind a little bit and, refresh so do you plan plan those do you plan plan each class beforehand with the music how does that work i do i don't know if all teachers do that but i i think about it a lot because um you know when i was first starting out teaching i would just kind of throw some songs together (laughs) and it worked but um 
you know, I think that the students deserve that, um, to have some thought put into it. And since these kriyas or exercise sets that were put together by the ancient yogis were, were well thought out and they put a lot of time and effort into it, that I'm going to give it that same um, respect as, as I pass on these teachings to the students, you know, and add just the right music to the best of my ability. And, you know, again, having a music background, um, it's fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a number of flows that go with the music and you just pick one for the day? Or do your classes change throughout the each individual class? Um, it depends. Sometimes I kind of go with what I'm feeling and what I feel the students need. And I have a pretty good pulse on finger on the pulse of what's going on in my classes. And sometimes I just can sense that they need, you know, some energy or that they need to de-stress or relax. So, but you know, occasionally I'll have themes that I go by, um, that will, you know, be something to increase energy and we'll work for a couple of weeks on just focusing on that or identifying uh, what causes them stress and trying to release um, stress in that way by, by being able to identify and then work with themselves to, um, to better relate to stress and react to stress. So there's tons of different um, options for me to tap into. There's meditative kriyas. There are, you know, energizing kriyas. Again, like kriyas just for different parts of the body. So occasionally I'll go through themes of just working with all the organs or something like that. Um, so. What is that? We have a cat? It's my there? cat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's talking to you? <laughs> yeah. That's all right. She wants to be on the radio, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you about um, stress because I do a lot of stress-reducing things, you know, in, in different realms. We do, I do a stress uh, a private group, um, stress detox that we just did. I do a lot of um, talk around how uh, processed food puts stress on our bodies and mm -hmm. how to uh, pay attention to, you know, what we're putting in our body, what we're putting on our body. And that was one of the things also that I was attracted to you and to Kundalini and how you talked about even like some of the movements, it seemed like you were pulling, you were throwing stress behind you. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you can explain that. But I wanted to, yeah, I want to ask you about maybe is it your philosophy or is it uh, Kundalini in general that helps reduce stress? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I think there's a strong philosophy um, behind Kundalini. And let me go in reverse for a little bit. I mean, there's a, how it came to um, the U.S. Kundalini yoga was a practice of yoga that was kind of kept from from the masses, um, like most yoga was, I believe, back then, um, five thousand years or something. And but even um, in the last hundred years, the higher ups, the the top um, tier of the society, they were the only ones that were. Um, kind of given the kundalini recipes to, um, because it would raise awareness and raise consciousness. And I guess they didn't really want that in their society. So a gentleman, Yogi Bhajan, um, 
from India decided to come over to the U.S. in the 60s and went against many people um, and, and decided that he, you know, the U.S. needed this and they were kind of leading the world in a, in a new direction. And so he thought this would be a good thing for him and, and the U.S. to experience. And so um, in doing that, you know, a lot of his lectures and a lot of his teachings just talk about you know, how as a society we have a responsibility to, um, to take care of ourselves and to be strong and be aware and be alert. And that starts with taking care of your body and meditating. Um, because the idea is, like you're talking about, we eat food, we're, we're constantly grabbing for things to, to numb us instead of um, doing things that work for us in a positive way. And, you know, we can start to kind of shut down as human beings. So it's definitely um, rooted in the Kundalini yoga philosophy. And I think in yoga in general that, you know, taking care of your body and mind is going to elevate you to a place where you're aware and you're alert of what's going on. And, um, you can just kind of be a healthier and happier person. So, so would, would someone, someone use, use Kundalini as a form of stress relief as opposed to a different type of yoga? Absolutely. I mean, um, Kundalini yoga has been studied, especially in the last 10, 15 years by several universities. UCLA, I believe, um, just did a, a study a couple of years ago with one specific meditation um, that has been known to have major effects on people with anxiety, stress, even Alzheimer's, um, um, other mental disorders. So it's very powerful, and I think even more so than other forms of yoga because it's it's different and it has a way of opening up energy in the body and releasing things and, um, you know, through the physical aspects of the body and then also combining it with meditation. It's, um, pretty powerful. So yes, I mean, I think Kundalini stands alone in that there's a heavy, heavy meditation aspect. There's a powerful movement of energy, unlike any other form of yoga and um, if done correctly, can really change people's lives. I mean, I have, I um, am connected with a couple of um, rehabs um, for, you know, addiction and so forth um, that they will send me people who have completed their programs and they'll have them come to me to continue what they've already been um, teaching them in the rehabs, which is, Kirtan Kriya, which is the the meditation I was just talking about, and a couple of other things. So, you know, this is really sort of moving forward um, into places like this and, and medicine. There are several doctors that I've spoken to that highly recommend Kundalini, and I was really surprised, just kind of Western doctors that I wouldn't expect um, would know of this, but 
a lot of them are very aware and they know uh, how powerful and how beneficial it is. And it's so simple. You know, it's not hard. You don't have to do headstands or, or twists or be really flexible. <laughs> it's just about moving energy. And it's, it's not rocket science. You, you know, if the body is stagnant and you're not moving, um, things start to get stuck and imbalanced and things don't work properly. And then that starts to affect, um, you know, nerve channels and in other ways or whatever, heading to the brain. And then the brain starts to be affected by it. Or it could be, you know, a mental thing happening first. Maybe you had something happen to you in your childhood that you haven't really processed. And so, you know, you start to hold it in a cer certain part of your body and it can actually affect you know, um, your health in that way. So it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> so when so you what, talked about the different type of movements, let's take a step back. Maybe this should have been the very first thing I asked you, but can you give our listeners a chance to maybe understand what type of movements or, or what's the very basic explanation you could give to someone that may have not, uh, that may not know what Kundalini yoga is? Well, Kundalini yoga let me kundalini is is a dormant energy so it's described as a spinal energy so what it is is think of the base of the spine and there's said to be this locked unseeable energy that lies dormant um, in humans and so if the spine isn't moving and the body isn't moving then that energy kind of stays there. What we do is we work the spine a lot, and we also work other parts of the body because it's all connected, right? The spine is kind of branching out into every part of the body pretty much. So we do a lot of spinal flexion, so flexing the spine forward and back, um, you know, holding the arms up, opening up channels in the body like that. So, so you have this energy and it opens up, it starts to open and it starts to rise up and, and they say it kind of coils up through a series of energy centers called chakras. And there are seven of them. So they start at the base of the spine and they go all the way up to the crown of the head. And each chakra is associated with different organs, different body parts, and different parts of the psyche. So the idea is, is that you keep that energy open, tapped in, and it's flowing freely, you're going to be a more balanced and happy human being. So occasionally, as that energy is rising, it meets a blockage somewhere. And so you're working with that. And all energy, all kundalini sets are intended to raise the energy in different ways, maybe focusing on different parts of the body. But essentially, it's always going to move and flow with the spine. And so at the end, we have like a kundalini awakening is what some people call it. And it can be, um, you know, very subtle for some people, maybe a little bit more intense for others where... You know, I have people in my class that will kind of just start crying or, or laughing, which is just a normal response. 
because it's kind of like an opening happening. And then they feel that there's, there's this poof and it's almost like a release and they just feel lighter. It's hard to explain, but it definitely works. I mean, it wouldn't still be here if it didn't work. And I've experienced it um, on many levels, <laughs> different uh, on different occasions myself. Um, and now I'm just kind of in that space where most of the time I'm I'm very balanced and I just feel very healthy and happy. And I can assess, I have that awareness of myself and my body and my mind if, if something's a little off and then I can just do a little bit more yoga or, you know, meditate a little bit more. And usually in that silence of meditation or, or while I'm working with my body, something will release and I feel better. And how, and how, how often do you do yoga personally? Every day. I have um, a morning practice um, that most kundalini yogis do. Um, we try to wake up pretty early and get that energy moving and clear the mind and meditate. And um, from there, you know, I'm usually good. That's a couple hours in the morning. And then I might do another class couple times a week or something, two or three times a week on top of that. But I have my morning practice, which is pretty special. And then, um, yeah, I'll do my other exercise stuff, walking. Or do you go to other yoga classes with other instructors? I do. I mean, I'm constantly learning and I, I like to be with, with other teachers that have more experience than me so that I can learn from them. So, you know, I try to go to at least a few classes a month with some of my trainers or um, teachers that I've studied with that I really connect to. I think it's important. Um, I also read a lot um, about yoga in general. I will catch some videos on YouTube and just, you know, to find something different for classes too. But I think it's always good to be going and learning. And, and um, in Kundalini Yoga too, we have one of the, I think, most um, difficult teacher trainings to get through. There's just a lot of um, homework, a lot of self-work, and it's constantly um, going. And there's different levels of, um, of training as a teacher that I go through. So it's really wonderful because there's always something new that I can participate in and learn about. What was, uh, do you have a book recommendation for our listeners that may want to read what you're reading? <laughs> or yeah, I think, um, well, I think the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali are always a good, a good read because it gives you kind of the basics on yoga. Um, I think any, any book by Yogi Bhajan, um, is very interesting if you're interested in Kundalini yoga. What's it called? Um, he has a book called Kundalini and the Chakras, I believe, or it's just the chakras. That's a really great book just to learn about the different energy centers. Um, Light on Yoga is another great book. There are many, many okay, great yeah. yoga books out there, but it depends on what they're what they're looking for. But um, 
I think those are a few good books to start with if you're just getting into yoga and are kind of interested in the in the history. Okay. Okay. Now, do you do you, do you do practice, practice just, just Kundalini or other forms of yoga as well? I think all yoga is amazing. Um, so I prefer Kundalini, but I also go to a lot of Iyengar classes, um, Hatha classes, and I try to practice as many styles as I can. And so we're going back to meditation um, through Kundalini. Can you recommend maybe some suggestions on how someone might want to get started or, or want to get into starting to meditate on a more regular basis? Well, I think there are several several ways you can do it. I mean, on YouTube, there's some meditations that um, that I think are pretty easy to do and just learning how to meditate. Um, but... I really think just going to a Kundalini yoga and meditation class anywhere nearby is probably the best way to start because sitting down and just trying to meditate for some people is just they don't they don't know where to begin. <laughs> so in a class situation and you have a teacher leading you through it you start to learn different mantras and how to keep your mind present. And you're using hand postures or mudras to also keep you present. But most importantly with meditation, I think it starts with your breath. The mind follows the breath and the body follows the mind. So the, once you start to breathe deeply in a relaxed place where you have a little peace, um, closing your eyes and just concentrating on the breath and just <clears throat> making it longer and longer, both on the inhale and exhale, and just following it and listening to it, that in itself is meditation. You know, you're, you're, in, you're in it. You're following the breath. You're not thinking about anything else. And then you can start to bring a mantra in it. Um, in Kundalini Yoga, we use satam a lot, which means I am the truth. It's kind of like namaste. It's also a greeting, but, you know, if you close your eyes and you just rest your hands on your knees, palms face up, and you can start to inhale sat mentally and exhale nam mentally, and you just start to go into that space of following the breath, you know, moment to moment, cycle to cycle, using the mantra, that you know, for three to five minutes has a really powerful effect and it's really simple. And, you know, before I started Kundalini, I had no idea how to meditate. And I think Kundalini Yoga is the best way to learn how to meditate because it's not giving you visualizations of, you know, imagine yourself on a desert island somewhere <laughs> or a lot of people can't connect with with visual cues so it's really about feeling the the fingers in some cases and following a mantra in your head and following a breath pattern and that just kind of automatically takes the brain into a place um, of, of balance or close to it where you can just kind of separate and elevate for a little bit 
before you go back into your daily life. So you can always do that Sat Nam meditation, inhaling Sat, exhaling Nam, maybe bringing the index and the thumb together, just closing the eyes and, and seeing how that works and trying that for three to five minutes in the mornings. I, I think when you first wake up is a great time because you're just getting out of that dream state and a lot of that subconscious material is still percolating um, in your brain. So you can kind of wake up with an icky, even if you don't remember your dreams, or maybe you just are having some residue from, from a challenge that's going on in life, or you just haven't had enough sleep, or you're stressed. You know, coming out of bed immediately and sitting down and taking, you know, three minutes you know, the longer the better, obviously, in a quiet place and just listening to your breath and maybe using that mantra, that will totally shift your mood. <laughs> and, you know, people look at me like I'm crazy, but then they go home and they do it and they say, wow, that's, who knew it was so simple? And all the other times before I had done Kundalini thinking about how do I sit down and meditate and I had tried and I'd read a couple of books and they say visualize this and that it just wasn't working for me none of them really really focused on the breath or maybe a mantra and I think for some of us it's easier to connect with a with a sound even if it's just in the mind and you can also even say satnam aloud if you are able to do that wherever you're meditating and just the sound of your voice and that vibration has a meditative aspect to it. And yeah. Is there is, any, is there is any there movements that you could share with our listeners that would help reduce stress? I know there's a lot of different movements in the class and I, I think it's pretty cool that you can do something like that in a class and, you, you know, there's just all these different kinds of movements that you wouldn't do or I wouldn't do alone <laughs> or yeah. in public. Oh, yeah. um, but is there maybe a couple of movements that you could share with our audience that would help reduce stress, maybe that they could do at home? My favorite movement um, to do, and I tell my students to do it all the time, is cat-cow movement. And so you get on all fours, you spread your fingers wide, you keep the heels of the palms under the shoulders and the knees under the hips. So you're in like a tabletop shape. And you start to press through the palms as you inhale and lift the chin. And you inhale through the nose, closing the eyes, even rolling them up between the brows. And I get to that later, but that's the third eye point. And that, that just kind of releases... Um, what am I thinking, uh, energy through the body to kind of bring it to balance and relax. So you would press down through the palms, inhale, closed eyes, lifting the chin, and then rounding the spine as you exhale, bringing the chin to the chest. And just moving very slowly at first, and then you can even start to speed it up if you feel like you want to. So it's an inhale up, back is arched, and then exhale, rounding the spine, chin to the chest. And so what's great about that is you're breathing, you're moving the body, and then you can start to bring that mantra, inhaling sat, exhaling nam, into it. So you inhale up, lifting the chin, mentally saying sat, exhaling nam. 
And you just keep doing that for about three to five minutes longer if you can. But I think three to five minutes is great. And it's, again, one of those things you do when you first pop up out of bed, if you can come out in the living room or in the bedroom and do that. And you'll just notice a major shift in your consciousness. You just feel totally energized. All of the chakras or the energy centers are energized in that posture. And, you know, it's just, it, it'll make a big difference, especially if you're short on time and, you know, or you just get out of bed, you feel a little bit stiffness, that takes care of it. How about, did you have another favorite one? One of the ones that I hadn't done before was when you cross your legs. I think we do at the beginning of the class and you just make circles with your body. Yes. So that's one of the oldest movements in yoga. It's called a Sufi grind. And so you're seated cross-legged and you gently just kind of bring the hands below the knees and you make circles with the body as you inhale, pulling the chest forward. So you use the leverage um, but from the pulling below the knees gently to pull your chest forward and open. And then as you come round and exhale, you kind of round the spine and bring the chin to the chest. But it's you're moving in a circle and the breath is deeply connected with that. And you can do the same thing. Close the eyes. You can use the mantra Satnam. So you do that for, say, three minutes in one direction. And then come to the center, inhale deeply, exhale deeply, and then reverse. And that's one of my favorites too. And that really gets the spinal energy moving. It opens up everything. It's great for digestion, elimination, just kind of getting everything going in the morning. Um, it has a lot of benefits for the body. And it's meditative. Okay, and is it, that was my favorite. Do you have another one, or is that good for our listeners? Um, I, you know, I think for the seated postures, um, you can always do the spinal flex, which is similar to Sufi grind, but you're just taking the hands below the knees, but you're pulling the heart forward and then exhaling back. So it's kind of like a cat-cow, but you're seated. And so you're moving the spine forward and back. And again, kind of keeping the chin in towards the chest relatively um, level to the floor. So it's not, the chin isn't moving up and down too much. And closing the eyes and inhale forward, exhale back. And that's another one. I mean, so many people talk about back issues and, um, you know, back pain. And that's what's Another great thing about Kundalini is that so many, especially older folks that come in, um, which I have people of all ages, but um, they'll come in, they'll say, I came in this morning and I, my back was killing me. I felt horrible, but I just, some, you know, something made me come to class anyway. <laughs> and I feel all of it's gone. All of the pain's gone. I'm in a completely better mood. And, you know, it's basically just exercises, a bunch of exercises like that, put in a spe special order. And, you know, I mean, there's more challenging poses than that, for sure. But those are some easy ones, um, easier ones to start with. Uh, Nicole, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, I've been doing more yoga classes than I'm used to. I've only done a handful, to be honest with you. And... Um, Yogis, is that how you um, refer to yourself yes. as, as yes. yogi? So yogis, they say 
um, move the head or move the arm. And that was just something that I noticed because usually someone would say, move your arm or this is how I'm going to um, move my leg. Mm-hmm. And can you tell me the philosophy behind that of, do you know what I mean? Is that an is odd that- question? <laughs> well, um, is there any reason they teach that? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. um, and I'm comfortable saying I don't know something. And I, I, I don't know why it's taught that way. But I guess when you think of it from a teaching standpoint, and you're saying I'm moving my head um, or I'm about to move my arm, people don't connect with it so much as when you're talking about it like m- move the, the head, <laughs> right, or move the arms up and down. I think it it makes it more universal, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I'd imagine maybe, I just thought it might, might be a philosophy like, it might be a philosophy like that is not your arm. It's the arm that you use uh-huh. in this, you know, in this body. Do you know what I mean? That's that, very interesting. Um, and that could be, but not from what I've learned. I don't think there's anything specific like that, but there, there's a possibility. And that's, that's interesting to think about that because, you know, um, yeah, maybe everyone just takes it differently. Everyone has yeah. a different perspective. Yeah. I've never thought about that before. So <laughs> gives me something to think about. <laughs> there you go. There's something to meditate on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, Nicole, I want to wrap things up here. There's been so much information and, uh, so much value to our listeners to give Kundalini uh, a, a chance. Um, I want to know, you know, where you're at and what you're doing, and how people can get a hold of you if they're interested in, in connecting with you. Well, I teach um, in the South Bay of Los Angeles, so um, I have a lovely cat class on Saturday mornings at the South Coast Botanic Garden. So we do an outdoor class with live music and um it's just really beautiful to have that nature element there so i i've been teaching there um so i encourage people to check it out and you get a, your admission for the day um to the gardens which is beautiful um and i also teach in manhattan beach and a couple other places it's all on my website www.hummingbird yoga.org and so all of the schedule all of my classes are updated and up to date on that site and so you, 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 do you do some kind of retreats, retreats as well i do retreats um i have one coming up in march 2016 we're going to do a spring equinox kundalini yoga retreat in san luis obispo I've got one coming up in Mount Shasta over Labor Day weekend, um, and I do a lot of workshops, which um, I usually do them um, in Manhattan Beach at Guru's Gate Yoga, which is a beautiful kundalini yoga studio um, right close to the beach in Manhattan Beach, California. Um, and you know, we also incorporate sound healing and the gong, which is just really nice to relax and restore. Um, so, but all of that you can see on my website and click through. I also have a newsletter that I send out um, every every month. 
if you shoot me an email, um, you can write me at Nicole at hummingbirdyoga.org and ask me any questions about Kundalini. I'm here. Um, and also, I can add you to my mailing list if you'd like, and you can get the monthly newsletter that way. All right. So what so are you doing? Do you have classes going on today? I have a class at 4.30 um, at Guru's Gate, which is a mantra Monday, which is a great class with live music. And we do a 31-minute mantra. Um, and we focus on the same mantra for four weeks. And then we switch it up so that people can have a deeper connection with that mantra and take it home with them. And we start with a little kundalini yoga. And so it's really fun. So I'm looking forward to that. And other than that, I might go for a nice walk and just enjoy the day. All right. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Okay, Nicole. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Exploring Mind and Body and sharing some information and some of your experiences with kundalini. It was a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here and being part of our community. If you'd like to be more a part of our community, if you're not, I have a weekly newsletter I send out each every Monday morning. And now that's just my blog posts, my recipes, videos, radio shows. It's all going on there. I send out my most current content. So if you want that delivered to your inbox, you don't have to look around for it or search or find out what I'm doing or what's going on. What information I have to share, you can subscribe by just heading over to trueformlife.com. On the bottom area, bottom footer widget area, you can enter your email address. All you have to do is confirm it, and you'll start to get my newsletters that way. And I also thought about this cool thing I wanted to try, and I thought it'd be interesting to see if we could get some more reviews coming in. So for the next month, I'm going to be counting reviews. I want to hit 20 this month. I don't think that's too much to ask for, but I'm going to need everyone's support. So it means a lot. It helps with the show's ranking. It helps other people find the show, and it helps us reach a larger audience. So it would mean a lot to me if you head over to iTunes and would leave a rating and review. Now, I'm going to read some of them out. We're going to count them. I'm going to set a goal of 20. So I'll update you for the rest of August and let you know how close we're getting. And I hope we can come together, build this community, and share some share some reviews and how you guys are enjoying the show, maybe where you're listening from, all that kind of stuff. I think that'd be super cool. So I hope you give that an opportunity to try. And that, that's going to be it. Just want to thank you again for being here. We'll catch you on the next one. 